Hi, this is Brian, and welcome to Three Minutes of Meditation. This is Rylan, and today your random Wikipedia article of choice is John Christian, Count Palantine of Sewell's Bach. All right, now before you go any further, the listeners need to know that uh, I have not heard anything about this article, and neither has Rylan. And the goal is every time we start the show, he's going to pull out his phone up a random article and then we're going to talk about it uh this is actually probably the sixth shuffle we did i had no idea wikipedia had so many useless articles but far away yeah so uh we'll try and do some kind of shout outs thing at least with the wikipedia article that we start at so you can kind of read along with us but uh yeah so the the little short bio thing here is john christian who was born january 23rd 1700 and died about July 20th, 1733. Uh, and in the German, that's Johann Christian jo- Josef. He was the Count Palatine of Sulzbach from 1732 to 1733. He was the second and youngest surviving son of Duke Theodore Eustace, Count Palatine of Sulzbach, with his consort, Eleanor Maria Amelia of Hesse-Rottenburg. Uh, and his elder brother was Joseph Charles, Count Palatine of Sulzbach. So... Basically, what I'm getting at here is... Uh, yeah, I didn't follow any of that. I, the only thing I picked up from that was you tried to pronounce something in German. Yeah, that was And good. it didn't sound that great. No, but the thing <laughs> is, he's, he's of the noble family House of Wittelsbach. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty shitty house. That sounds like at some point, some guy took over the family, like an in-law, and said, yeah, I hate you guys so much, I'm going to change your name to Wittelsbach. So, like... I'd like to just point out that I turned off my phone. So what we're getting at, <laughs> what we're about to discuss is, is probably very factually incorrect. But, uh, you know, he only lived like 30, Facts are not 33 convincing. years. He, he only lived for 33 years, which is kind of a young age to die at. Yeah. Well, I mean, at 33, I feel like a lot of things happen to you by 33, right? All right, give me, give me some rundown of 33. He probably had... Well, it was the 18th century, right? So he probably had one wife that he, he married. Yeah, consort, when, right? When he was 16 or 14. Uh, she was definitely in that. She had to be. In <laughs> Although, if you look at it, though, I think she was born before him. So she must have. Maybe she was like a widow, and she married him mm-hmm. after that. But she was a consort, so I don't think she was very like high up nobility wise. Yeah, so I don't know what a consort is. What's well, like the the prince of uh, what's his name? The guy that just crashed his jeep a couple months Prince ago. Prince of Wales. No, that's the, that's Charles. That's the second. Is this the 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 wife of the queen? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Well, the husband of the queen. Did yeah. you watch The Crown? I love The Crown. Really, dude? I've only seen the first two seasons because I've been really busy. But Thanksgiving break, your boy's about to hit Crown season three. I love The Crown. Season. Wait, is season three? Um, because I watched a good amount too, but I watched. I watched the one. Did you see the one where, um, like the whole season arc? I think was around like her husband cheating on her, or otherwise being um, non-faithful. I think that was the first season because she she was kind of like, eh, and then she became queen, and she's like, dude, you gotta knock it off, mm-hmm. and like he kind of gets back in line. The second season is much more about her sister because her sister marries the guy who's the photographer. Remember. Yeah, but that bit, dude, it, I felt so bad for her, honestly, because that was her second choice. Imagine marrying your second choice. Well, yeah. Like, I know that I happens can't a lot. I can imagine marrying my first choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, 
No, the crown. So good. Wait, I want to touch back on this on this alcohol thing. Right. Because forget the thirty three years of age. Thing. I have I have an interesting story with my old roommate about that. But I just want to touch. On, some people, you know, so I didn't drink until I went to Europe, or basically right before Europe. But my parents were like, "Bro, you're about to go to Europe. If you don't drink, we're gonna disown you." So they're mm-hmm. like, "Here's some beer. Try it, so you don't go to Europe and be like, oh, I hate beer.'" And so I went to Europe. Like the first thing I had was the that um, Italian like beer. I think it's called. Maritzia or something, Maritzia, but basically, it. So, anyways, long story short, Europe was a was an eye opening experience, but I don't know the culture there is just something else, something else entirely. Yeah, culture is weird. I mean, I think Stats would speak to this more than any of us because he lived in Germany for a year, but. Like, I mean, I lived in Maryland pretty much my whole life, except for the one year I was in Boston. But it was both, like, suburban American, you know, established communities with good public schools that was my life. So it's not like I, like, and even in America, I feel like a lot of America, America is very good at assimilation. Like, people immigrate, and they're, like, strongly American with like when you have kids in America, it's very hard to keep the culture that you left behind in that kid because America's excellent at assimilation. So a lot of America is the same for that reason, unless you go to like Mormon country or something like that. But, and then in Europe, like it's pretty densely, like the countries are densely packed, but they have relatively distinct cultures, mostly revolving around food. I'd say also language, but yeah. They all speak like eight different languages. Well, what's crazy is, right? So you think like Charlemagne was the king of France and basically France, Germany, almost all the way into Spain. Mm. But you look at those and those are three. So like French to German to Spanish is just such a different language group. Which is kind of interesting along that point. If you don't really think about it, like French is such a fluid language and German is such a aggressive more of like, and same with English. I mean, English is like German, but they're completely separated. You have France in the middle. It's just interesting how it's a hard boundary there. Well, yeah, it's because the Romans got fucking ambushed when they tried to invade Germany. Really? Yeah. I only know about Ver- first Versailles-Torix, who's the French barbarian that held off Caesar. Um, so the Gauls. Yeah. But the Romans slaughtered them and took over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't know. So, Europe, different place in America. See, now I feel like we just got to jump back to the, the 33. Where were, where were we at with that? So you had- well, we were talking about everything you could do by the time you were 33. Like, if I told you you were going to die at 33, or no, because, well, I'll pose that question. But if you told me I was going to die at 33, I wouldn't change how I'm living currently or plan to live. Well, if I was going to die at 33, no, because then you kind of want an education, you kind of want to learn. Yeah. But if you were like, Ryan, you're going to die next year, I'd be like, dude, get, get, rid of, get out of the school kind of stuff. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do stuff. Like, I'm going to go run, I'm going to run across America. I'm going to bike across America. I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to do something like, you know, it's a perspective. But. Yeah, I feel like that's, it's, um, there's all these quotes about death that 
usually come from the perspective of because when someone makes a quote about death, right, they're not going to be like, um, yeah, death is awful and everyone knows it and everyone hates it, but everyone has to get over it because death is coming for all. Like, there's no quotes of, like, I, I think maybe there is, but I think the vast majority of quotes that people, like, pay attention to for death are, like, the Steve Jobs death quotes, where it's like, um, if you wake up every morning and look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, if I, if I was going to die today, would I be doing what I'm going to do? And if the answer is too often no, then you're probably living wrong. As in, like, treat every day as if it's your last. There has to be some room for dynamic um, living. But, you know, strive to live like every day is your last. So there's that whole, like, literature aspect around it. I think death is just, like, it's so final and so mysterious that it's scary to anyone and i just think that people that are trying to use it as this inspiration to live life don't realize that no one thinks about death and even when they do they don't truly conceptualize it right well like so that goes back to we were talking about the question about death earlier about how yeah that's something that scares you we'll see that's something about Judaism that I really enjoy. Like, I'm very into the mysticism of Judaism, right? I don't go to synagogue every Friday and Saturday. But, like, the fi- more finite points I really enjoy and, like, kind of how they, how they blend. One of those being that, like, Jews pretty much have no concept of, like, afterlife. Like, when you look at some religions, it's Wait, very really? much There's like, no heaven in Judaism? It's very vague, and most Judaism doesn't outline heaven and more of like it's like a like a place but that's not the point like if you look at some places it's like you can't sin or you have to repent your sins here because they matter when you die but for judaism it's like uh, we get that you sin i mean it's similar with other like other religions they're like you have to repent and you do like there's ways that you repent your sins in, in judaism but it's all about what can you do in the here and now rather than the later like we'll take care of the later for you when we get there but for now, what do you do? And there's this beautiful idea. It's called Tikkun Olam. And it's like making the world a better, healthier, happier place. And that's kind of your goal now. So instead of doing everything you can to get in the right place when you die, it's doing everything you can to make the world a better place right now, which is kind of why I enjoy. Yeah, that makes a little bit of why I enjoy that. But that's, you know, that's the perspective on death. That is, that is you know, something that, it really speaks to me. But really, I think from there, so we've got death, we've got the alcohol, we've got the living the life, Steve Jobs, you know, really Steve Jobs, not a big fan, but that's beside the point. But this guy, you know, he, he achieved something. He was royalty for two years before he died. You know, that's something like most people don't achieve. What's your opinion on royalty there? Like, would you want to be royalty? Well, what do you think my opinion is? You don't care about it. You don't yeah. care. It's just a crown. So I'm a big Bill Maher fan. Um, I think, well, he's a very politically incorrect guy, but he's really intelligent, and he's also like a stand-up comic, which appeals to my general tastes and entertainment, I guess you could say. Um, Some of the stuff he says is, I think that's a different topic because we don't don't all watch Bill Maher. But uh, something he said about, like, anytime royalty comes up, he's just like, why do they think they're better? Like the whole, the whole concept 
And this is an American concept too, um, that why does someone think they're better because they were born like to someone that already did something. And it, this kind of goes along with, uh, so basically Europe in general, like it was, it is mine by birthright. And so therefore it is mine. And America is very much the opposite, right? America is all about the American dream and everyone's like, I work so hard. I deserve like to be able to rise and achieve what I want to achieve. And I think the biggest diss on someone like in just American, it's not really an arena I can really describe, but if you're described as someone that just legitimately doesn't work hard or is saying like people, um, people that say I work hard and I achieve something tend to get the most respect in America, I believe. And they, the idea of not passing things on to your kids is shown in um, like the Warren Buffett 99% um, of wealth giveaway to charity, right? Like him and a bunch of other billionaires have signed on to give away much of their inheritance to charity because they say, my kids don't need that and they didn't achieve that. So that's my general um, thoughts on royalty. And also, why do you need a crown to look tough? Like, also doesn't speak to me. Uh, man, crowns are pretty shiny. They, honestly, yeah, I think in some ways Americans are pretty entitled, especially in terms of like land and like go west, like. I want that, you know, that's, that belongs to the American people kind of idea, but it definitely manifest destiny, manifest destiny. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. I'm, I can picture the, the poster right now. Yeah. The picture but, of the angel. All right. Sky. We're going to take a hot break, but a uh, hot short break. But when we come back, we'll either continue with that or I will think of something extremely unique in the five seconds that we have this break. All right, cool. See, See you in a sec. in a short period of break which either brian and i talked for a short minute about something random we decided that we're going to talk about bikes why about bikes um i don't really know at this point bikes are amazing so here's where we're going with them here's, here's my here's where i'm gonna start okay so my dad texted me the other day and he sent me pictures of three bicycle frames that we have in my house because we just have bike shit or bike stuff everywhere are we gonna are we gonna allow condone cussing on this well, I've already dropped the F-bomb a few times. All right, cussing is. We have so much bike shit in the house, okay? If we take cussing out, one of us is going to have a ton of work bleeping all that crap out later. But it's okay. We can mark it as not safe for work or something. And then, okay, so we have three bike frames. And my dad goes, Rylan, we're going to build an electric cargo bike. He says, I'm going to the store tomorrow, and I'm going to get a brazier. Excuse me, and we're gonna and we have an acetylene torch, and we're gonna cut that stuff apart, and we're gonna build a cargo bike when I get home this week. So what I want to know is, what's your opinion of cargo bikes specifically? 
I know we got my really cool fixed gear hanging out over in the corner, but cargo bikes, it's something completely out there. What do you think about that? Well, is that is that where you got like some sort of basket on the back wheel and you put stuff in it? Or is it like you have a trolley cart or something behind it that's attached by a rope or something? No, no, no. So a cargo bike is like, typically it's a two-wheeled bicycle. And then you have like a wheelbarrow bucket. As most bikes are, two wheels. Right, right. But sometimes, you know, you have the tricycles. With the, or you have like, what you're talking about is a, a pole, a tag-along. Or okay. A, okay. Uh, we, it's called the Papos Caboose is mm-hmm. the one that we have. But there's some really cool cargo bikes where it's basically like a wheelbarrow barrow. And you either ride in front or behind it. And you pedal. And there's a long drive train to the either the back or the front, depending on which side you're on and which way you want the drive to be i guess typically it'd be to the back mm-hmm. but i have seen it in circumstances where you pedal directly over the front wheel which is kind of weird to describe but yeah mm-hmm. what do you think what do you think about that i mean i'm i'm i'm, I'm a big bike guy honestly i think i the only time i biked in my childhood a lot was around high school i think there was a period where I'd just like go in my garage, grab my bike, and just bike back and forth. So my my neighborhood's on a hill, and I'm halfway up the hill. Okay. So there's a court um, parallel to me that's on that hill and my court, and so I'd just go from my court to the other court and back because it was flat. And if I went left or right, I'd go either up or down the big hill. And I learned how to like basically ride no hands. I think I tried to learn how to wheelie, but I never got it. So in college, then when I started biking a lot, I just like, I'm really good at bike balance now. So like I can, what I think was really hard when you're not balanced on a bike is turning and turning aggressively and turning like with one hand and stuff like that. But now that I can just like balance myself constantly on a bike, I can do those things, but I'm getting kind of off track. Basically, I was thinking the other day that, so remember when I was biking back on Friday and you were biking on the bridge towards me and I was biking towards you yeah, and you're like, yo, me. join me. Yeah. I, so, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't end up working, but I was thinking, what if like all of our cities were connected by bike paths, right? Oh, that's like what they do in the Netherlands. In a sense. Yeah. But I'm talking like almost no cars. And so like one of the, one of the visions, grand visions for the future is like, these people who think we're all going to live in super condensed, but like very livable cities because of great, like civil engineering. And there's still going to be like epic national parks and farmland and stuff like that. But we're just going to get really good at doing um, not like increasing population or if you are very slightly, but living in like very livable, densely populated cities. And bike pass would be awesome in that sense because it'd be like you could just be biking home from work like thinking of a plan in your head what you're going to do later and then you're just biking and then like your friend comes up and you're like yo what are you doing it's like oh what are you doing and then like you guys just like start biking to the other side because you can move on a bike like i was moving the other day i went from when i called you at cherry chill i went from like the top of the bridge cherry chill to our apartment in like seven minutes or something like that and like i was up in my room yeah i mean yeah i see the thing with biking on campus well okay so to get some context between my biking right is 
my my dad's big on bikes. My dad worked at a bike shop when I was little, and my dad raced a little bit when he was my age. But now, you know, I'm a big Tour de France, big professional bike guy. I own a lot of bikes. I've raced bikes. Um, I ride fixed gears around campus. I built a couple bikes. So like, I have a pretty strong knowledge of a lot of different types of bikes. I have a little bit of a passion for them. But at big the same time, guy. big bike guy. You see, see a kid track standing. It's probably me. You see a girl track standing. Oh yeah, we please, about please it. connect <laughs> with me. I don't believe she exists, but uh, Mr. Stassi Akavishis is. Well, do you, you want to do you want to do you want to advertise your Tinder? No, I'm not gonna advertise my Tinder. <laughs> but uh, if if you're the girl that can track stand in, on campus and uh, you don't have a boyfriend, Rylan Flint. <laughs> just DM me on Instagram because I would at least love to talk about track standing and how you can improve your track standing. Yeah, how I can help you, obviously. If you dated Rylan, you could come over to his apartment and meet me. Which is yeah, great. Two for one. You get two big smooth brains for one. Right there. That's incredible. But back to the bikes. Uh, campus is just I mean, on a fixed gear especially, it, it can be brutal. So I have, you know, I have two classes up on top of the hill. I have a class in Taws and a class in Jimenez. And I don't like biking up there at all. Wednesdays, I'm typically supposed to bike because it's hard to get from Taws to EGR in 10 minutes. But really, I've just sent it on foot because taking the taking the bike up the hill, especially with the with the running. Now that my running training is a lot more aggressive, and I'm trying to put a lot more focus on the recovery. I just man, getting it up stamp is like is a, is a piece of work. It's so much effort. Well, that's because you got the fixed gear. Yeah, yeah, the fixed gear. But even if I even if I was on like a geared bike, I'd be in the granny gear spinning up that sucker. Like I would be all the way up, not even. Like I'd look like one of those dumb kids that spin like a hundred miles an hour on there, hundred trillion RPM, because it's just so you know, it's a lot to get up that hill. Now that's not to say I can't get up a hill. You got a good story about that. I raced bike uh, last two years ago when I was racing at UNC. I had an incredible race. I just shattered the peloton riding on the front the whole race. I, I sent a good flyer, had a good gap, went the wrong way. I got back the right way, and I was like, okay, we'll just sit in, wait for the group, try for the sprint. So these three other kids came up, a kid from UNC, a kid from Virginia, myself, and then maybe Clemson or something. And we're riding into the finish, and it's an uphill sprint, and I'm just in the dead wrong gear. And I just get my ass kicked up this hill. I'm not like, you kidding me. So I can't really, you know, gas up the hills, but you know, put me in a put me in a good gear and I, I get a good rhythm. I like dancing on the bike and yeah, I don't know. Bikes man, so freaking awesome. So freaking awesome. Well, and that's that's only your your first um, mode of transportation choice of engagement. You want to work on cars professionally, right? Oh, I mean. At this point, it'd be very cool to work on automobiles, but you know, I'm down for everything. I worked at a water park. It'd be awesome if I could design water slide. I worked at the theme park. We also like design roller coasters or big runner. I don't know what you do with shoes, mechanical engineering wise, but if you could get me in there, I'm down. The other thing I don't really want to do is just sit and be menial and be worthless. Like not like, not that construction is worthless, but I just don't want to do construction, dude. 
Like construction is cool. I love seeing buildings go up. But if you had me, I could not sit in the Whiting Turner office. I this is gonna come back to haunt me because I bet you I know. <laughs> but I so badly just want to like, I just want to feel relevant in what I do. But I don't know something that I enjoy. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, right. What is what is the point of life if we don't? Patrick Reeves, if you're listening, I'm gonna come work for Adidas and beat you out in Portland. It happened. Just saying, I'm better Maryland varsity just an athlete than you. But just, just, just also remember what was what was the quote you said about yourself that that if you ran <laughs> That's four four times as fast as your mouth, then oh, you'd yeah, be yeah. Uh, an ACC champion already. Yeah, because I mean, well, let's 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 just play back the lead up to our 50 miler again. <laughs> And it was a lot of I'm gonna win this race. Oh, oh, it was more than that. It was I think when I first broached the idea, you're like, Brian, you wanna get shat on in a race? Like I don't know. I think Well, I mean that's such a long story. We ought to save the fifty miler for a long time. But I will go I will tell my mouth running, that's a good little first episode bit there. Um there's a guy at NASCAR his name is Daryl Walter. They called him Jaws. Because all he did was talk, 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 talk. And I'll tell you what. And Brian said this the other day when we were hiking all rag. He was like, dude, my coach would hate you. He was like, my coach would hate you. He's like, you talk so much. And I'm like, yeah, man. If I could if I could run half as fast, I could run half as fast as my mouth goes, dude, we'd be cooking with oil. We'd be down there in the NCAAs winning right now. But, you know, got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, see, what you, what you forgot Probably because your mind discarded it into whatever trash can it deemed necessary. But my high school coach said talk with your legs, which resonated with me because I think, well, I don't know how indoor track was at your schools, but at indoor track at our schools was like all the people that played lacrosse or soccer or field hockey or all the other sports that just like wanted to stay in shape or needed to feel relevant athletically would do indoor and then maybe outdoor. But I I think, I mean, our coach, uh, high respect, Coach Boyle, if you're listening, high respect you as a coach. He's, he's actually now, I think our athletic director or something like that. Yeah. But he's a, he's a fast marathoner too. He's run like 240 or something like that. Um, but he's, he's a highly driven guy. I think what he doesn't like is just, like, the mentality of other sports where, like, in soccer and basketball, like, if you're a good trash talker, that can actually, like, I could see how that could help you out a lot in in the sport. And running, I think, like, when you're trash talking, maybe it can give your own psyche benefit. But just, like, running as a sport is a lot about just – it's not a lot about like who you're running against. I think it's more about like where you are in the race in the moment, how you're training by yourself. So I think his whole thing was just like, don't like, don't make it about you and don't make it about like putting other people down because at the end of it, it's just like, are you going to cross the finish line first? Are you like, are you going to put it all out there? And especially running, it's it all right so I'll, I'll just that's pretty much what i want to say on that but just to go on professionally i i was watching some track race one time and the commentator was saying 
um, something about there was like two guys up there at the front and they were like pushing with each other. And someone was saying like, well, is this really how like they'd want to do it? Like when one person want to stay back, I forget exactly the context, but basically the end of it was in track and running in general. It's not always about like beating the other guy. It's like, like beating yourself and like just getting faster. And so that's like probably one of my favorite parts about running is when I played soccer, when I ended a match, like there was the stereotypical like handshakes at the end of a match, but there was like bad blood after matches I played where like, it was just like, I like we walked away and like, you know, if our parents weren't there and stuff like that, like I could definitely see us Jews when I was just like throwing hands at each other. Cause it's just like, Oh, that guy, like he cleated me on like when he was doing that, final run in the second quarter or something like that and running you cross that finish line and like everyone's hugging everyone's like dude you were like you were great out there because like everyone's in pain everyone's just gone through hell and they came out the other side so see like dude i I'm, i'll give you the last word on that but we definitely have to talk about that more in the future because i there's so many reasons why i run now and i don't do other things and and but like chief among them is that reason but we'll touch on it Soon enough, because we only got 30 seconds here. So give a quick little outro. Uh, thank you to the people, maybe like the two people that listen to this on Spotify. Whoever's from India listening to this, love you. And then Matt Laskowski, you're also the best. If you're finding us two years in the future when we have a successful podcast, we also love you. Uh, Brian, you want to give a quick 10-second out? Not really. I think that um, I'm excited. I think like... We've done podcast shows like this before, but just not recorded. So I think now that we're recording, you know, other people will be letting in on that secret. All right. See ya.